Welcome to the Untethered Moms podcast. I'm your host, Pierre J. And I'm Jamila. Today, we are talking about the importance of movement with Gwen Nabile, Doctor of Physical Therapy. We learn about ways mothers hold stress in their body and how that can manifest. We also talk about repetitive injuries and the importance of breathing. So let's talk about it. Today, we are joined by Gwen Nabile, Doctor of Physical Therapy. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me. If you had a few words to describe yourself, Gwen, how would you describe yourself? I think I would describe myself as a deep thinking empath. Oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Look, unexpected and interesting. I have to think hard about that, that answer, but I think that would probably sum it up. <laughs> okay. How would you, how did you arrive at that answer? Just all my life, even when I was a child, I was just a deep thinker. I just, I, it's even just answering a simple question like that. It's very hard for me to just answer it because I'm thinking, I'm analyzing, I'm thinking about what I should say. So it's very hard for me to turn that off. Everything I think about is very deep. Um, and then the empath is just, and this is a, a, a word I learned recently is that you feel strongly people's energy. It's almost like the energy around your people's emotions around you, it almost becomes yours. And I didn't really know that existed until somebody explained that sometimes people have that. And I was like, I think I have that where I could feel people's energy. Like if someone has a strong emotion, it almost becomes like mine. Your empathy, did that, is that play a role in you becoming a physical therapist? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Cause I knew I wanted to go into healthcare. I knew I wanted to help people. And so I just didn't know what avenue I was going to take. So I, I did know healthcare. So I did do a few different jobs in the healthcare field. I, I did social service at a nursing home. I did discharge planning, case management at a hospital, um, and that allowed me to just kind of observe what everyone does and everyone's role in the hospital. And I just saw, as far as physical therapy, what they did to help patients was like a reward that you saw right away. You know, it's like they helped people get stronger so they can go home. And I just thought that's that's something I want to do. I want to I want to make an impact quickly. And I want to see the results quickly. And most of the patients appreciated their therapist. They were very grateful. And I just saw myself that that would be a good fit for me. So I decided to go back to school in 2000. So I went to USC DPT school and graduated in 2004. And here I am. That's, <laughs> That's exciting. Awesome. Well, I was conducting some research around pregnancy and physical therapy and I found that when women are pregnant, that sometimes our musculoskeletal structures are altered. Can you talk to us about what are some of the issues that may arise when women get pregnant with our bodies and how that changes the way that we move and the way we uh, stand? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a really good question. And and, and just to be clear, too, just like a, as a little disclaimer, because um, I am a PT and I, I have a general education of physical therapy, but women's health PT is very specific and very, uh, it, the, the women's health PTs are very knowledgeable and they go through a lot of school 
schooling experience on that. So I'm not, I don't claim to be an expert, but a lot of my views and opinions are just for me as a PT, but also as a woman and just my experience just as a female. So when we are pregnant, I mean, basically we, our body has to have the ability to hold a big baby, you know? So our ligaments get lax. Our ligaments are what holds our bones together. So when bones connect, they're connected by ligaments. Ligaments are supposed to be firm. You know, like when you get an ankle sprain, the ligament is supposed to prevent your ankle from twisting, you know, so it's bone to bone, right? But when we are pregnant, our bodies need to be able to expand to hold that baby. So our ligaments, the 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 tissues that hold bone to bone together get lax, including in our hips, because our hips have to widen. Our, our body has to widen to accommodate this baby. But along with that, other ligaments in our bodies also soften. And so it kind of makes us more prone to injury, you know, like ankle sprains, things like that. So that's something we have to be careful of. Also, our muscles, you know, in our, in our abdomen, they need to be able to stretch, you know. So when your stomach muscles stretch, basically your, your core needs to be stabilized by your abdominals. Okay, so when they stretch, they're getting weaker. And when your abdominals are weaker, you don't have as much back support. And that's why a lot of women that get pregnant have back pain because their abdominal muscles are stretching. They're not supporting your spine as 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 well as it used to before you got pregnant because it's stretching. So it's getting weaker. And um, also in, in the hips, so the hip bones connect to our, our tailbone. When it's expanding, you get a little bit more of that movement. And that's also what we called SI pain. It's where the hip bones connect to the tailbone. And that extra mobility can also cause you back pain. Oh, man. So, yeah. This is, this is interesting. It's always interesting for me to hear what's happening in my mind. I think of it as like behind the scenes. And then if you pull the curtain back, what's going on in your body? Because I definitely experienced that discomfort. And I wasn't sure... Exactly. I knew that it was related to my body changing because of being pregnant, but I wasn't sure, you know, exactly where that discomfort was coming from. Yeah, a lot, a lot happens to our body when we get pregnant, along with hormones. I think a lot of people don't realize the female hormones have a lot to do with not just your body, but how you're feeling, your moods, your um, pain levels. It, it, it takes a big toll on your body when you become pregnant. And I'm sure most women can, you know, uh, um, relate to that and they just don't know what's happening. They don't feel like the same person, but a lot happens to your body. And, and a lot of it is also your hormone levels. Do you have any, um, exercises or stretches that you recommend yeah, it's always best, I, I especially for, for women when you're pregnant, because there's a lot of precautions you need to take when, when you are pregnant. And for some people I've known, I've known um, like CrossFit women that, that did CrossFit and exercise up until they, the day they delivered, you know, but um, there are precautions that you need to take. And every woman is different because sometimes people, women don't know that they had a certain condition until they get pregnant. Right. You know, and so I would always caution exercise, specific exercises, and just make sure that your doctor thinks it's safe. And before you do anything strenuous, in general, your core, if you can try to still do some kind of core muscles and core is just 
your center. So there's also different levels of working the core. My basic thing with core is just, I always tell patients, you have levels of stomach muscles, okay? Like layers of a cake. So the top layer is is your, it's your, uh, what people call your six pack. And then underneath there's layers. So in the deeper layer, there's a transverse abdominis. So that's layer closest to the front of your spine. And that muscle is just, if someone said they're going to punch you in the stomach, you tightened it. It's almost like you just, you could still breathe, but you tightened it like you're saying, punch me. So that kind of goes back towards your spine and that helps stabilize your spine from the front. And that's something we can do anytime. Anyone could do that. And if you add any pelvic floor exercises, so meaning your muscles around your pelvis, you can kind of think of it. Another PT taught me this kind of funny, but um, if you think of, if you think of the, of your back, you know, and your lower back to where your, your sacrum is, your tailbone, and you think of it like a zipper. So the zipper goes from the back and you're zipping it all the way to the front, to your belly button. And you think about your muscles zipping, zipping, zipping that line. <laughs> Do you know what I mean by the line? You're like between your butt cheeks, basically. And you're zipping that and you're zipping it all the way to your belly button. So you're adding your pelvic muscles and you're strengthening those muscles all the way up to your stomach. And that's something you can do anytime. I mean, you could do it while you're driving. No one's going to know. You know, you could do it at work. But I mean, you could do that now. You don't even have to be pregnant. It's good to just strengthen those inner muscles, those inner pelvic floor muscles, the inner core muscles. And that would probably be the best, safest exercise anybody can do. Sorry, are those like Kegel exercises you're saying you're talking about? Yeah, it's it's Kegel, it's Kegel type exercises, but you're kind of adding some some extra in okay. the front and the back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In your experience, have you found that women store stress in different places than males? And if so, where do you find that we probably store more of our stress? Um, I think in general neck, shoulder, head, that's, that's in general, a lot of men store stress there too. But I noticed that women tend to also store stress in their hips, like the front of their hips. And I don't know if it's a hormonal thing, you know, because if it's, it's, if it's like deeper in the pelvic area, like the, the front, like your groin kind of, but it is muscular. So sometimes when I'm working on somebody, I press that area right where your leg meets your, um, you're, you're growing kind of, and it's tender. And sometimes I find that women store stress there. It's very tight. It's, it's like tense. I store my stress in the, all of those places. That I was like, yes, check. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and check all of those things. And I don't often notice them when we were talking, uh, PJ and myself were talking about being mindful and a technique doing a body scan of checking in with yourself and maybe noticing where you're starting to maybe round your shoulders a little bit instead of sitting up because you're, you're unconsciously kind of um, tensing your body. And I don't often notice until I will get attention um, migraine. And mm -hmm. it's because I've been holding my shoulders and my back. And then, like you said, my head, it's, yeah, it's stress. That's a, also a good point for women, especially too, with women with small kids. That's a, that's another thing too. 
so it's interesting. I mean, my, my kids now are, are six and, and 10. So it's, I've had time to think about it, you know, um, besides just stress. So like if, if you've already had stress or a history of migraines or history of headaches, sometimes it's because you're holding your stress in your head and neck and jaw. So this is something I learned recently too, from experience, clenching your teeth. You know, so a lot of times you, we don't realize that when we're really stressed, we clench our teeth. Like probably you don't realize that until someone tells you, yeah, you clench. But when you do that, what's happening is your muscles around your jaw, around your jaw, around your neck, all the way here, it's on, it's tense. And if you have that on all the time, like as if you're working out all the time, it starts to affect everything around. It starts to affect your muscle in, in your head, on the sides of your head, in the back of your neck. All of that squeezes your blood vessels and that can cause headaches and migraines. So sometimes you're thinking, how does my body know that when I'm stressed, I get a migraine right away? It's because your body is subconsciously tensing. That's why sometimes people, when they say, oh, it's just stress, it's in your head. Well, I mean, yes, but it's also because physiologically your body is reacting to it and your muscles are tightening and that's what causes pain. So if you get pain when you're stressed, it's because of a stress response. Do you find that you're doing a lot of, because right now you're providing like so much information and education for, for both of us. I can see PJ's eyes widening when you, talk about, <laughs> <laughs> when you talk about specifically like people with younger children needing to be. Oh, yes. Of- I didn't even get, get to that when you, with younger children, just as a quick thing, just because I was getting to that, um, holding your kids. So holding your kids, holding them for a long time. And I noticed if you're right-handed, you hold your kids on the left hand, right? So you, your right hand is free. Well, if you're doing this all day, imagine holding a weight like this all day, like exercising at the gym and just holding this forever. Your whole arm and wrist and neck is going to tense up and it's going to be very painful. So those are things that you wonder why do women have like a left-sided pain all the time or wrist? It's probably because you're holding your kid for a long time or something you're doing with your child that's repetitive and it's tensing up your muscles. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like little things like that, you know, posture. And those are all great things. I was going to ask you, do you find that you're doing a lot of education in terms of educating your clients, your patients at the time, kind of similar to how you're educating us? Oh yeah. I love doing that. I I, I love, I, like I, I, PJ can tell you, I'm, I just, because I love to talk. I love, I just love sharing information. Cause I, I just feel like so many times I've just learned things because someone said, by the way, did you know this? And it's like, so even though my patients will be seeing me for one specific thing, I'll be chatting away and I'll be, Oh, by the way, did you know this? Oh, did you know this? Oh, you probably should do this or this. And they're like, Oh, wow. So it's like a, it's like a two for one. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's really valuable because I broke, I broke my ankle. And so I had to go to physical therapy and my physical therapist, first of all, I love her. Um, but I was not, I don't think of movement, you know, in that depth, the quality of movement. And she was talking about, you know, with my, my job, oh, well, you're going to need to do this with your body. So you should think about, you know, strengthening these particular muscles. And like you said, in terms of the two for one, well, I was standing and we were doing some exercises and I, I'll never forget. I thought she was like, you know, kind of threw a little jab at me, but she was like, mm, your back muscles are super weak on this side. And she was just like, 
moving on. They're talking about something else. Yeah. But like you guys are able to give that advice and you notice that something's wrong <laughs> with your patients or what we're doing. Right. And, and also just, uh, just to be clear, cause a lot of people don't understand what physical therapists are. A lot of old, old school mentality thinks we're, we're massage therapists, but, but in general, p- physical therapists are movement specialists. We, we can evaluate, we can look at someone's movement and say, okay, that looks weak. That's strong. That's that, you know, that's, that's what we learn in school, how to improve someone's movement. And, and that's why we're not just looking at your back. We're looking at everything. We're, we're looking at your posture, how you walk, how you pick things up. I mean, we're doing all that in our minds. We're just not saying anything. And then deeper than like just the movement too, I believe you're the one that spoke to me about my breathing one day when we were in session. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, you, I think you asked me, you was like, do you know how to breathe? I'm like, um, excuse me. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? Do I know how to breathe? And you're like, you're not breathing right. So you actually taught me how to breathe, which is crazy. And also, also started my journey to mindfulness and like yoga, because you're like, you need to uh, get into a practice where you're breathing deeply because I was storing stress because I wasn't breathing deep enough. So I wasn't exhaling the tension, but can you share with our listeners a the importance of breathing effectively and how that affects the way we move. Yeah, definitely. So if you put your hands onto your chest, your lungs should be expanding with air. So a balloon inflating with air when you inhale. So you should be able to feel that inflation of the of the air in your chest. And then when you exhale, you just exhale like you're kind of blowing out a candle and your chest goes down. A lot of times people are breathing through their neck and shoulders. So when you see them breathing, their neck and shoulders are moving or they're very tense. So you're basically breathing from (laughs) up here in your neck when you really need to be relaxing your head, neck and shoulders and breathing through your chest. Another thing about breathing is when you focus on proper breathing, you're taking away whatever's stressing in your mind because you're focusing on breath. So that's making sure you get the oxygen. You need to think straight, but it's also relaxing your neck and shoulders. So you're not (laughs) breathing from up here and tensing your head and neck. Which one were you doing, PJ? Um, (laughs) I don't know where I was breathing from. (laughs) like um head and neck I'm gonna tell you neck and shoulders (laughs) neck and shoulders that's what it was and you're right because when I came in I was having problems like turning my neck I was she's like I was like I can't turn to the left Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on like I would be so tense to where it's almost a hazard driving where I couldn't turn my neck to the left Mm -hmm. and then um we would talk about like I don't know whatever this is you know collarbone she's introduced me to so many things. I'm like from breathing (laughs) to even talking about, like I didn't realize that I was clenching my teeth too. So that sent me on a whole nother journey to like go to my dentist and be like, so apparently I I clenched my teeth. (laughs) Can we get something for this? But then I think what was really transformative between us was when you talked to me about the stretches in the morning and pretty much that affected like just walking and how I move every day. Um, do you have a morning routine that you go to or, or what's your go-to morning routine? And do you mind sharing that routine with the rest of us so we can see like what would be something helpful for us in the mornings? Yeah, I mean, I I mean, to be honest, I'm still a work in progress myself. You know, <laughs> I have to take more time to do self-care. But I definitely one thing I 
I am sure to do because I suffer from migraines and very often I stretch my jaw, opening your mouth and just letting that stretch happen to make sure that my, my uh, jaw muscles aren't tight and, and all this isn't tight so that it creates a headache. I do that quite often, actually, even while I'm driving. Also, your sitting posture while you're at the computer. You'll notice through time of typing or something, you'll notice a tension here. Sometimes it's because your keyboard is too far or your screen is too far or too high or too low, and that affects the neck and the shoulder. So yeah, a lot of it is awareness of posture or overuse of a certain muscle because you have to do that for work. So that's going into the field of like ergonomics. Is that is that something that we could speak to our line of work or our bosses about? As far as yeah. um, the posture in which, you know, how we move and where we sit and how far our computer desk should be from our hands. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I don't know about all companies, but a lot of companies, you don't know that they have an ergonomics department. Were there some products? I mean, as far as, you know, being a parent, that's not necessarily, I mean, that's a job. Were there any products that you found helpful for you with you raising your children? Like I, I have, a, you know, different harnesses or backpacks where I can help carry my daughter. Were there any, oh, yeah. any particular products that you like? Yeah, actually, I saw one recently that I wish was around when I had my child, but it's basically, I don't know the brand, but I, my friend has it, but it's basically the same harness that you have to hold the baby in front of you or, well, her kid's a toddler now, so it might be for toddlers, but it has a little seat. There's like a, like a little seat where this kid could sit on. So I've you're seen not, it. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I wish I had that when my kid was little, because you just kind of let them put the weight on the seat. So it's not really a, like your arm's not there and it's not like tugging your back. So they just kind of sit on it. and it's l- less work on, on your arms. And there's some of them, PJ, I know this, the type that I have, the weight is distributed. Like you said, there are different harnesses. Cause at first I saw one and I was like, why would you need like a toddler, you know, harness? Is there big enough where I could carry them? But if you, <laughs> you know, that's something that I would need to work on in terms of just a mindset that, you know, it's better for your body in the long run. If, you know, you can't, maybe you can carry them or I'm blessed to not have physical illness where I, I can, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I should be doing that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to minimize how, I mean, I, I know I have two kids and my, my daughter still wants to be carried and she's six, you know, but you know, it's, it's like the wrist and the arm here, just even that it could, a lot of weight on it could get, could get very strained, you know? When you say how long are you talking about per carry or just mm-hmm. over a specific length of time? A specific, yeah, like a like a per carry. Like if you're, um, you know, you're 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 trying to cook, and your daughter's like carrying me, and you're carrying her for like thirty minutes. You know what I mean? That's a long time for your muscles and your back to to be carrying them and trying to cook at the same time or something. You know, as our kids grow, I don't think we really associate carrying our kids with the thought of like, if we go to the gym, what that looks like, if we're carrying a 30 pound weight, the same, like, I don't, I've never looked at it like that. Like I I didn't particularly like lifting with arms when I would go to the gym, but I had no problem carrying my like 30 year old, I mean, my 
30 year old. Yeah, right. <laughs> my 30 pound, my 30 pound child. And I'm like, oh, I don't I don't do back. But here I am carrying my 30 pound child. Like I never made that equivocation before. So that's very, a very interesting way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. No, I was going to say exactly. And then when PJ was when you were talking about how I'm right handed and I carry Ari all the time with the left. And so not only is just the left side way stronger than the right, it doesn't have that same weight. So there's an issue there where I'm like overcompensating with one side. But yeah, I'm walking around 75% of the day carrying a 30 pound weight. (laughs) That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot. So you definitely and I and that's why when I when I do see my patients, I ask them, what are you doing throughout the day? What what are you doing physically? Right, uh, what is your day like physically? Um, you know, and and what I'm looking for is any repetitive motions that could be adding to where they're having pain. Overuse is is a you know a concern for pain and posture, you know, posture. I, I when I went to PT school, I always thought, what do they mean by posture? I mean, of course, everyone has to have good posture, but it really comes to muscle balance, you know, and uh your body is a machine. So the certain muscles have to work at the right time and certain other muscles have to turn off at the right time. So if the wrong muscles are on all the time, you get a lot of tightness, you know, and if you're overusing certain other, other muscles, you can get um, a strain, you know, so it's kind of, it's a balance in, of, of your muscles working together when they need to. Well, thank you. I'm like, I want to respect your time. I know that you're multitasking. I heard your littles in the background. They sounded like they were having an adventure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My my six-year-old just, she can't handle not having all the attention to herself. So (laughs) she has to pop up every now and then. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I I moved mine. I I bribed her. I gave her some banana and I her dad right now <laughs> that's good here you go yes exactly bye yeah <laughs> yeah thanks for listening leave us a review on what you found helpful subscribe to our podcast follow us on instagram and check us out at untetheredmoms.com for resource guides and the links to the articles we discussed in this episode <laughs>